0: Amen. Well, Acts thirteen, Acts thirteen. We're going to finish this out tonight. <clears throat> what did we study last week? What What was significant about last week? Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Yeah, so very good, mother. <clears throat> Paul's first message. All right. This is Paul's first message. Uh, you got the opportunity to share the gospel starting in the Old Testament uh, within the synagogue. And they uh, listened and he really, he laid the gospel out in a very uh, full and complete way starting with uh, the Old Testament and the purpose of the Israelite nation and uh, went through David into talked about John uh, the Baptist, and then obviously went through his death, and his burial, and his resurrection. All right, and so today we're going to pick up Acts 13, verses 42 to the end. So just 10 verses tonight. Um, but this is what follows after his sermon, and uh, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's some great uh, statements made in here. Um, there's some interesting things that, uh, I, I wrestled with on how to even understand it, um, fully nothing major, but, uh, just people groups and how, how all of this worked out. So, uh, just remembering this as we start here in verse uh, 42, this is on the end of his message. Okay. So he He's just spoke to the synagogue people, and this is what follows, uh, follows that. So someone want to read uh, Acts 13:42 and 43, 42 and 43. Mom? Okay, so we see here that as Paul and Barnabas were, uh, the the people there were um, very excited. But we're also going to read about people that weren't. And so we've got to piece together what's going on in this city. And there's quite the uproar at the end. And so trying to figure out who who, uh, Luke is talking about here and how this all fits together is kind of interesting. Uh, it says here, the people kept begging. All right, and so the first thing we see here is the people that were in the synagogue that were Jews and God-fearers, that were proselytes, uh, were begging them to, to continue to speak uh, to them on the next Sabbath. So uh, they, they really were encouraged and uh, uplifted by Paul's message. These were um, men that uh, had accepted uh The faith and were were believers um, and they were they were very excited and they were urging them to come and to meet with them the next uh, Sabbath um, as the meeting broke up, these men, the Jews and the Godfears uh, followed Paul and Barnabas, and they used this time after that meeting to encourage them to 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 uplift Paul and Barnabas and you know and I think that the people, and at the more I studied this and the more I looked at it, I think the people knew possibly what was coming, <laughs> and they were encouraging them, you know, let's stay stay faithful uh, in, in the grace of God and continue there, because I, I have a, a feeling that the men knew possibly what, uh, what could come uh, here later, all right? And so that's what's transpired, and so as we get down to uh, verse forty four uh, through forty seven we see what happened now as we read this we 're going to see that uh well at, we'll read it and then we'll we'll converse about that more but I do want to you guys to remind uh, re, just keep in mind those verses because as we go uh we'll talk we we'll, we'll come back to them uh, in a minute okay so someone want to read forty four Uh, through 47, 44 through 47. And we'll talk about that for a few minutes. Go ahead. Okay, so um, short section of verses, but a whole lot just went on, right? <laughs> there's, there's a lot that just went on in these uh, four verses here, okay? So the, the first thing we see, the next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of the Lord. Okay, so Paul and Barnabas, I'm assuming, were busy during the week going out and talking to people. I doubt they uh, were just Sabbath preachers, all right? So most likely they were out during the week teaching and preaching and so on and sharing that, hey, we're going to be uh, doing this uh, or having a sermon again on next Sabbath day, okay? And uh, I would assume that the men that we talked about here that were begging them to come back were also out in the city saying, hey, let's... uh, Let's all gather together next week, okay? So that's what's going on. So nearly the whole city had come out and uh, this was not a small city. So uh, a a pretty huge crowd came out to hear what Paul and Barnabas had to say. Now, verse uh, 45 is an interesting verse. It says, But when the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy. Now, I struggled with this because none of my commentaries that I have gave any distinction between the Jews in verse forty-three and verse and the Jews in verse forty-five because both of them say just Jews. Okay, many of the Jews and of the God-fears and proselytes. Okay, those Jews loved. Loved God and wanted Paul and Barnabas to stay and and speak. And then you get to verse 45, and it says, When the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy. So there's a group, uh, there's two groups of people here that are warring with one another uh, as they hear. So we want to kind of grasp what's going on. There's a large crowd, okay? And in this crowd, you have Jewish converts to Christianity. You have what we call God-fears, which we've talked about uh, in previous lessons, which were converts to Judaism. Um, and then, and so, they, but they are also converts to, uh, to uh, accepted Christ, okay? So not just to Judaism, but have, um, have accepted Christ. And so you have that group of people, and then you have just people that have come to hear, to witness what's going on, uh, and that would constitute a large group of the people. Okay, And as we go, we're going to find out who these people are. Because if if I think it's important to, to jump here. So um, it says here, But when the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict the things spoken of Paul and Barnabas and blaspheming. Okay, so we're not talking about just uh, saying, I don't believe what they're saying. This is, I, I, the way I picture this is something very similar to what we're seeing going on today uh, in, our, in America with these protests. They're not just, you know, we don't agree with uh, you know, Floyd's murder and they're standing there with this simple sign and say, oh, you know, just real quiet, peaceful. These were, they're blaspheming, they're contradicting, this is loud, this is, you know, this is bold and in your face. This isn't something for the faint of heart. Paul and Barnabas are standing there sharing the gospel and being bold. And and they make some pretty bold proclamations here to them and and really uh, talk to this group that is doing this. But we want to find out more in detail exactly who these people are. If someone wants to read, and we'll come, we'll come back here uh, at the end, but someone want to read verse 50, it gives us more detail exactly who these um, blaspheming Jews were. Do it. Verse number 50.
1: All right. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. He stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region.
0: Okay, so that gives you an idea of who these people are. Okay, so this is not just men. This is men and women, and they are actively going after Paul and Barnabas. This is not a uh, passive crowd. This isn't something that, you know, Paul and Barnabas are having a... Uh, just a good conversation with them. This is people that are fully contradicting. So Paul and Barnabas would make a statement, and they would come back and contradict what they say, giving false information, and then also blasphemings. And And, and this is quite the ruckus, okay? I, really, I think that helps us to understand that this, we don't want to, when we're reading, especially these narratives, and we want to kind of get into the story and understand what's going on, because... We don't want to read this and say, you know, Paul and Barnabas preached. They got a little set and they had to leave. You don't get the idea of what's going under. And what's going to transpire here is a major uh, advancement uh, in the book of um, Acts as far as to the Gentiles. The last several chapters, we've seen small advancements to the Gentiles, right? Salvation was brought to the Gentiles for the first time. We've seen that in these previous chapters. And so we're seeing little steps by little steps by little steps where the Gentiles are being uh, uh, ministered to and brought to uh, the forefront of a ministry. And here we see uh, this uh, explosion for Gentiles and how the Gentiles react to that, okay? so the crowd is quite ruckus and so on so now paul and barnabas in verse 46 paul and barnabas spoke out boldly okay they spoke out boldly now this was a loud crowd they didn't have those bull horns you know, like they might have today. So these men had to really be loud and, and speak uh, boldly and strong. They couldn't be passive. They couldn't be, um, you know, soft in voice and try to just uh, be kind and speak. They, they were most likely not, not yelling in an angry way, but they were loud. They were speaking with one that would have authority. You can tell there's a difference between someone that's frustrated and, and maybe a, a loud debate, but they're not coming from a point of authority or even uh, like they know what they're talking about. Have you ever seen that? Where they're, they're just they're loud and they're, they're yelling back and forth and there's nothing getting accomplished and they really don't look like they have, they're not under control and they don't look like they have any authority in what they're saying. That's not the picture I see when I see Paul and Barnabas. I see them with authority speaking to these, these uh, men and women in this crowd. And um, they say some pretty, some pretty strong words uh, to the, this crowd here. Okay? And Paul and Barnabas spoke, uh, verse 46, Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of, of God... Be spoken to you first. Now we're going to stop there. Um, let's get some volunteers here um, because we have a few verses to read. Um, we're going to have some more later on as well. But I need someone to grab Matthew 10, 5 through 7. Ana, Matthew 10, 5 through 7, and Romans 1, 16. Romans 1, Romans 1.16, okay? And this deals with what I just read there. Um, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, okay? And this is, this is where Paul would understand this. Obviously, Paul is reiterating again in Romans, but uh, Jesus speaks it here in Matthew. Okay, so we see here in the book of Matthew that Jesus is uh, telling the apostles or disciples at that time, go to the lost house of Israel, okay? The gospel, Jesus came to them first, okay? That is, that's what Paul is referring to here, and that is what Jesus is referring to there. And then we see the same thing again in Romans. Okay, so Paul uh, makes that statement again here in Romans as he writes the letter to Rome, but he says to the Jew first. Okay, and so that's what this is talking about: the 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 nation, the Jew, the Jewish nation or Israelite nation. The 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 Lamb of God had come uh, to them first, and then uh, they rejected and the plan. And we'll we'll see. Here, as we go, that the plan was always uh, to include the Gentiles, uh, but the gospel was to come first to uh, the Jews. Okay, so that that's what that Paul's referring to there. He's just uh, stating what Christ said in the uh, in the Gospels here. All right. So um, the second part there of verse forty-six, since you um. yeah that word it, uh, it is judged your, and judge yourself unworthy of eternal life Be, behold we are turning to the Gentiles wow okay that, that's a pretty uh, bold statement right there right what, do we have any thoughts or comments on that statement how does that strike you guys what did Paul just say there we came to the Jews first. You see that in what Paul and Barnabas did, right? They, keep, they go to the synagogues. They're always going to the Jews first. And here the, the crowd was so uh, an uproar and so blaspheming to the cause of Christ and so against what Paul and Barnabas are saying. What, what do we see here? They say that you judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life. You guys have so rejected what the gift, the free gift of God is, uh, that you've judged yourself unworthy. And because of this, we are turning to the Gentiles. Okay, so a, a big statement. Now, what, why do we think, give me some feedback here. Let's talk about it for a minute. Why do we think that this was a big statement to the Jews? Where you guys are no longer, uh, you guys have basically said, I don't want it anymore, and we're going to the Gentiles. But why would that be a big deal, Anna? But the, I guess the question is, what's what? Why would the the statement you guys have rejected it, and we are now going primarily to the Gentiles? What what would come to their ears as Jews?
2: They're
0: chosen. They're the chosen people. Yeah, they're chosen. Joe. Make me think about it. But is he rejecting the Jews then? Um. In a way, okay. It's not a, not that he's not would not share the gospel with them, but with this group specifically, he's saying, and we're going to see that as at the end of this chapter, uh, how they um, what sign they give to these Jewish people here. But this is something, and again, we don't um, we don't work this way as believers today, but. Paul obviously had heard from Christ here, right? This isn't something Paul's just making up. He's frustrated at them, and so I'm going to go to the Gentiles. Um... I mean that that's a good it's uh, a good rule of thumb to do. Um, here, Paul and Barnabas are being very direct with very um, God-hating people. Okay, when you're blaspheming and when you're contradicting and changing everything that uh, the man of God would say, um, yeah, it's it's quite. This is not a civil conversation, It really. This is Paul and Barnabas, just as Christ did in the Gospels when he uh, rebuked uh, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees and called them vipers and all of that stuff. That wasn't done in a uh, you know, kind way. This is direct to the point of people that need to hear the truth. The same way Paul dealt with just one... Uh, just a few, or at the beginning of this chapter, the way Paul dealt with uh, Bar Jesus, right? He looked him straight in the eyes and said, "You son of the devil! You person that is desiring of all wickedness." Okay, this is not. This is the same. You can see the same tone, the same idea is being relayed to this larger group of Jews that are, are uh, not God fears, not God lovers. Don't be reading at the end of the book. Well, we're gonna get there, Joe. <laughs> yes. But we're gonna get there. That's at the end of this uh the end of this chapter. <laughs> Don't be reading ahead now. <laughs> All right, so uh a lot of you know, very, very bold statement here saying, Hey, the you guys have judged yourselves unworthy and um yeah, it, it, it's not a not a small statement that says, hey, we're turning to the Gentiles, which would be, you know, a, a, a jab to the stomach. You know, they, they think that everything needs to go through them and be heard by them. And for Paul and Barnabas to reject them here and say we're going, and they probably at the time might have said, good, get out of here. Um, but it's a, it's a big statement Paul is making here that we are not... Dedicating our ministry to the to the Jewish nation anymore, we are dedicating it to um, the Gentiles. That doesn't mean that Paul and Barnabas did not no longer speak or witness to the Jews, but that wasn't their primary goal from this point forward. Uh, that's that's what we see uh, happening here. Okay, any other thoughts or questions on what just happened there? And we're going to see where Paul gets this from, this change here in verse 47. What's that?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were jealous. And we're assuming here that the jealousy was coming from the leaders because... Some of the jealousy would be from just Jewish people thinking that the gospel should be only to them, but they weren't believing the gospel anyways. I think a lot of this jealousy was from the leaders of the city and the the women that were leading in the city as well were jealous of the following that Paul and Barnabas were were gathering together. And they, uh, just as we see today, a small group of people get... Uh, something and start doing this protest, and just people grab you know, gravitate to it, and it turns into this ra- raucous uh, deal to where they run them out of the city eventually. So yes, the the Jews in the city definitely were unhappy with Paul and Barnabas' message that was being spoken to, uh, not only to the Jews but also to the Gentiles and I think a lot of their unhappiness was the they they had the same problem with Jesus right they didn't like his popularity they didn't like anyone following uh, anyone except for the leaders so Joe what about the Jews that have been saved well we read about those there in the upper but I think here they were just outnumbered so, so they just left them. um well, at, yeah, at this time, yeah. I mean, the, there's letters that were going back and the you know so on. But at this time, yeah, they were, they, were, they didn't necessarily leave them. They were uh, escorted out of the city. So uh, they didn't have a whole lot of choice there.
2: Well, we'll see in just a couple of chapters in chapter 15, that even the believing Jews are trying to, to wrestle with this whole new concept of these Gentiles coming into the fold and becoming believers and, Wondering, oh, do they need to be circumcised too? And so, kind of like you were saying, Mike, that aspect of, well, but but they're they're outsiders, right? And how do we make them part of us? And so, it's not just something that the the unbelieving Jews were dealing with, but the believing Jews were trying to struggle through that too. The the chosen people,
0: right. The difference between the, the two groups, though, is one group struggled. Should they be circumcised? Should they be non? But they were accepting them. They just wanted them to be like them instead of, you know, just, a, uh, just a, a Gentile believer. They wanted them to be a Jewish Gentile believer. And so they weren't necessarily, I wouldn't say hostile like the unbelieving crowd was, But they're definitely, throughout the book of Acts, you even have Peter and Paul having conversations back and forth with how to deal with this changing over from everything dealing with the Jewish nation or the Israelite nation over to the gospel and salvation is for all. And all of these old ideologies, the Old Testament is, you know, they're trying to weed through and get... Go away from as far as the law and circumcision and all of these things, and it takes some time through uh, through the book of Acts for that to to happen. Okay, so very good. All right, so verse forty-seven. So he says that the we are turning to the Gentiles, and then he cites um, scripture here. Isaiah. Someone want to grab? It's it's the same. Pretty much the same thing, but it's in Isaiah forty nine six. Isaiah 49.6 is what he's uh, speaking on here. I it. Okay.
1: He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth.
0: So, the the idea given there is that the, and you can see that quote here at the end of verse 47. Okay, so the the salvation was always meant to go uh, to everyone. It was just brought to, brought through the Israelite nation and to them first. And then Paul here is establishing that at this time, my ministry is going to focus primarily on going to the Gentiles. Okay? Very, very important. And then we're going to get into verse 48. The Gentiles were indifferent. They didn't really care. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. Okay? 48 and, 40, 48 and 49. Someone will read 48 and 49. then probably the clearest, one of the most clearest passages on the sovereignty of God uh in Scripture uh is is right here. Okay. When the good
1: heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed, and the word of
0: the Lord was being spread to the whole region. Okay, so a big, big statement is made here. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. This wasn't the word of Paul and Barnabas. This was the word of the Lord. They weren't glorifying Paul and Barnabas. And we see this as a theme. We don't see Paul and Barnabas praised. We see the word of the Lord praised and what they spoke. And so they acknowledge that this is from God. This is from the word of the Lord. That they are speaking this, and the Gentiles were. This was great news that they were going to have a missionary that was specifically to to them. What a what a big what a big um, advancement of the gospel is going to start here. And we're, we're going to be able to see that throughout the rest of the, the Gospels and where Paul begins to, to establish churches and establish um, uh, great works that we're going to read about throughout the, the books of the New Testament, right? Paul authored several books writing back to the churches that he's going to start during these missionary journeys to the, to the Gentiles, okay? now we've got a statement in here that talks about God's sovereignty okay and the verse 48 and as uh, and as many as had been appointed to a tr- eternal life believed okay and then the the word of the lord went out to all the region now <clears throat> i have several verses here that uh, say the same thing and then we'll chat about that for here for a minute. So someone grab John six sixty five. John six sixty five, okay. Ephesians one, five or three and five, three through five. Ephesians three or one, three through five. Someone grab that. Mom? Jerry, uh, 2 Corinthians 2.13, 2 Timothy 1 9. Someone grab that, Tyler. And then 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1 1 through 4. Rex? Okay, so. Again, the the statement made here in verse forty eight is as many as believed, uh, as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Okay, and we are going to read that in several or all of these verses uh, say something similar to that same uh, phrase. Okay, so John six sixty five. Okay, so same idea. No one, okay, and that that no one is no one can come to him except granted by the Father. So the Father is the one that grants salvation. Okay, same idea given here in verse 48. All right, Uh, Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. We have anything to, uh, that, that is such a clear statement here in Ephesians about God choosing us before the foundations of the world and that God is the one that is in charge of salvation. He is the one that draws us and, and keeps us, and, and it's because of His will we are saved. Amen? All right. right, uh, 2 Second Corinthians 2.13. Okay, maybe that 2.13, maybe try 1 Corinthians. Doesn't that fit perfectly into the lesson <laughs> Come on. If it's not, then we'll... It's not there either. Right. Read around in uh, Corinthians, Jerry, for a minute. I don't know where it's at, but let's go to Timothy.
2: Second Timothy two or one nine. One nine. Yeah. God who has saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity.
0: Okay. So again, that goes back to God is the one. Read it for us. Um, yeah, I I mean, I agree with that, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know. Uh, Did you have a, a okay, we'll do that then. (laughs) And then, um, again, these, these are all just showing that God is the one that is in charge of salvation, uh, and. This chapter here in verse 13 is a very clear, but so are these. that talks about God being the author of salvation, and salvation comes through him. So, Rex, 1 Peter 1,
1: 1-4. Peter, the apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers of the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by the blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never
0: Perish, oil, or faith, kept in for you. Okay, so um, that one there, let me just encourage you, if the times that we're in get a little discouraging, just go read that, it'll encourage you, right? I mean, this is the God, our, our Savior's. that's who it's talking about, and that should be such an encouragement to us as believers that all of that is so true, Okay. So, if you, if you ever have a question, and if you want these verses, I can give them to you, except for the one that, I'm not sure where it's at, somewhere in that book, but, yes, ma'am. Maybe I just said, yeah, maybe it said it's Corinthians, and it's supposed to be Thessalonians. Is that, is that uh, that's highly probable? Are you there mom? Or is someone I have? Oh, you got it?
2: Uh it was Second Thessalonians.
0: Yeah. But we ought to always we ought always to thank God for these
1: brothers and sisters loved by the Lord because God chooses you as first fruits to be
0: saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and to believe in God. That's what it was. Not uh Corinthians but Thessalonians. Good. Very good, good Bible students, finding finding that. Okay, so, anyways, here though that's scripture uh, confirming what scripture says as far as God is sovereign over salvation. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Uh, that you know, we we choose God and and all. Of the, there's there's been debates throughout all time that. Uh, through that God chooses us or we choose him. These clearly state. And when you have several passages that clearly state something, uh, we, we, we understand it to be that God is the one that chooses us for salvation. We do not choose him. And there's several scriptures that talk about this, but we will never choose God. God has to do the drawing with inside of us, Okay. All of that is uh and, and again we could we could spend an entire uh entire month just on this and still not be able to to get everything that we can grasp out of it. I was gonna just say that this means we don't have to evangelize because God is just gonna make it happen. Oh absolutely, yes, that that's that's what it says. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so God's sovereign, but that doesn't mean... God uses means to bring about His sovereignty, right? And that's what we understand. So when you get people that say, well, there's no reason to go out and share the gospel... They would have to do away with the majority of the New Testament because that's what it talks about. And and in the Great Commission, it it talks about it. And, And why would the Holy Spirit commission Paul and Barnabas? What are they preaching for? Right? And I struggled with this as a believer from time to time, and as I was growing and learning, like, what is the purpose of sharing the gospel of God? causes everyone to be saved. You know what the purpose is? The purpose is obedience. That's the purpose. For you and I to share the gospel and to to go out and share the good news of what Christ has done to that, the purpose for that is obedience because that is what God has told us to do. And there's no way we can argue with that. And the love Yeah. You know, the, the thing is is we go out, out of obedience, and because of our obedience, it causes us to have that love, Because um, we don't naturally, we don't naturally love our fellow humans, right? How many of you wake up in the morning and watch the, the riots and think, oh, "I really love all those people?" No. Those are, there's a lot of other words that probably come to your mind besides love for those people. But because of Christ and because what he's done in us and the new work that he has in us and brings alive in us and because of our obedience to him to go out and share the word of God and to share the gospel, that love for others comes. It's only from the work of Christ because we don't have that naturally within us to love people that we don't know. We don't like to go out and talk to people, for the most part. Some of us are weird that way. You know, I always have questions. That's great. Questions are good. So if someone rejects God mm-hmm. after you talk to them, and they completely walk away, does that mean God has not chosen them? Uh, so... The, the question is, if you share the gospel with someone and they completely reject it and walk away, does that mean God has not chosen them? No, that does not mean that. Okay, so at some point, point, if and we don't, see the thing is, is, as humanity, we don't know who God has chosen and who he hasn't. And we don't know at what point... They are to believe we just know that God has told us to go share the gospel, which takes the pressure off of us. I don't have to sit here and say, Joe, you can't leave until you accept Christ. And I'm carrying tonight. So I have the authority to say you're not leaving. All right. It takes. And there are some Christians that do that. They'll sit there and they'll browbeat and browbeat and browbeat until you make a profession. And usually it's a false profession. Okay, so we are to... I see you on us. I'll get to you in a second. Um, uh, We are to share the gospel with everyone. And you might share the gospel with that person once. And then Tyler shares it with them. And then Brittany shares it with them. And then Jerry shares it with them. And then Rex shares it with them. And at that point, God works in his heart and he gets saved. Or we might not ever see that person in our life come to Christ. But our responsibility as believers, is to share the Word of God and share the Gospel clearly to where people can hear it. And God does the work with inside of it, and with inside their hearts. And so, because they reject, they're not, they're not rejecting you, they're, they're, not, they're rejecting the Gospel at that point, but that doesn't mean, you know, that they're done at that point, okay? God has to do the work, and that's why we constantly share the gospel. Some sow, some uh, water, and some get the increase. Okay? But
2: God chooses some and not others. And so, if
0: someone rejects God, mm-hmm. has he not chosen them? Well, see, we don't. We can't really get into that because we don't know the the heart of man and we don't know the mind of God. If God did us uh, all a great favor and put elect on everyone's forehead, then we would know that, right? That would be really easy. You're not, you are, I'll talk to you because you're not so... Right? So there's a reason why God didn't do that. He wants us to have a love for everyone and to share. But we can't get into... You know, the hearts and minds and, and all of that, because we don't know. That's, that's totally in God's control and in His sovereign will. It constitutes when and how someone gets saved. The means in which He uses is us as humans, He uses us uh, to, to share that great gift. Okay? I'm going to go to your sister first. Unless it's a long answer. because of of love for that person, okay? And God, we don't know at what point God is going to open their heart because He has to do it. I can sit here as clever in as many different ways as I can, but until God opens the heart of the individual you're talking to, it, it doesn't matter what you say. And so we continue to talk to the same person and to anyone we can get an opportunity to because of obedience and because of love those two are the the primary reason we do is because of obedience first because god tells us to and out of that obedience comes love for those people and that's why we would continue to share now there's some people like this that are blaspheming and ugly um that takes a special person to keep going back to them, okay? But if the person is willing to sit down and hear you and, and wants to have a conversation uh, with you, I think it's great. It sharpens you. It, it gives you more opportunity to, to sharpen how you give the Word of God. And at some point, we don't know how or when, God will uh, open their heart. Dean? And that's why I make a very important emphasis is on obedience. Because you can get rejected so many times that you start losing a love for the people. And that's why we do it out of obedience. And the, because of that obedience and we understand the purpose and what God's doing that drives our love to go share. Because we don't naturally like to get rejected. And even though they're not rejecting us, we feel rejected, right? You share the gospel, and they reject it; You feel rejected in yourself, and that's that's a wrong idea. What about, like,
1: casting pearls before swine? Like, when do you determine,
2: like, I've given them the gospel, and they're just
0: dragging me along because they like to debate, and they're not interested. I think your spirit tells you. I think with inside, I think wisdom. Uh, I think we got to be careful as humans because um, I'm uh, in some areas I'm prone to debate. When it comes to the gospel, I'm not. Uh, as far as getting into this long, you know, that's not my personality. I want to share the gospel. And there's other people that are really good at that and really draw it out. And they're, and they're Capable of keeping things on track, um, but that 's the thing when you 're sharing the word, when you 're sharing the gospel, you want to share the gospel you don 't want to talk about you know did Goliath really kill a thousand people Well that has nothing to do with the, the gospel, so trying to keep it on track uh, as best you can, but at some point, like if Paul would have continued here, that would have been definitely casting pearl before they they were blaspheming and wanted nothing. So at some point, you've got to say, you know. Now, that doesn't mean that you might not come back and address that person at another time. Um, we don't ever just say that person, because we're not God, and we don't want to ever say, you are no longer ever worthy of salvation. Because that, that, that would be wrong for us to do so. Tyler, do you have your hand up? Um, no, but I have oh,
2: okay. something. Okay, um, Speaking to that, in Matthew 7, where it talks about casting your pearls before swine, it says not to do so, because they'll turn, they'll trample them under feet, and then they'll turn to you, and tear you to pieces, and you can kind of see that correlation with where we're at in Acts 13, that um, at a certain point, you're realizing that, well, this person just has it out for me, they're not engaged, I don't want to actually hear the the truth of the gospel, and so um, yeah, there's a, a sense of pragmatism to it, but if somebody's not listening and engaging, then you trust that God is sovereign and you continue to love them.
0: Yeah, You've got to be careful that we don't look at these passages. And I talked about this in our first one with Bar Jesus. Be careful on how you address these people. You don't want to hinder the opportunity for someone else uh, down the road to share the gospel, right? And so... Um, it's probably not best practice, even though they are being really ugly, to call him the son of a devil and all of all wickedness. Okay. There are times though where that is effective for that specific person. Okay? And Paul we see it done a few times, but those are rarities. Those are not commons. Okay, we're running out of time, so yes sir. Kind of person that's not electable, we're getting you new. Know, um, I would probably say no, okay? Because God chooses all to be saved, okay? And so if you're not chosen to be saved, which we don't know who is, right? And we don't come to God in and of our own. We're, we're wicked and we're vile, and we would never choose God ourselves. God does the work with inside of our heart. And so to say that someone that is not chosen by God could be saved, again, we're, we're in, trying to enter into the mind of God, which we can't do. But as far as what Scripture says, that would mean we did something ourselves we, without the work of God, which I would say is not correct, Okay. Uh, I mean, you can reject him to the point where, yeah, I mean, and obviously this is Paul's statement here. Um, I would have to really, I I didn't, in this there was not very much commentary that gave me, shed me light on exactly what that meant. At that point, they had totally rejected salvation, okay? Does that mean they've totally rejected it for all time? Uh, I can't speak to that. I would, you know, they judge themselves not worthy. Paul is just making a statement saying, you, know, you guys are rejecting the message that I'm giving of eternal life. You've judged yourself. Yeah, that's, it's a big statement. Can you, but, you know, and, and this obviously we could go on for a long time, so I gotta be careful on time. But um, the idea given here is that God is the author of salvation. And he is the one that works within the heart. And how he does that is through you and I. So we share, which is great timing for this to come up, because Sunday we start our, uh, our Sunday school on uh, how to share the gospel and, and the importance of it. Okay? And that's two weeks. We're going to do that two weeks in a row. Okay, So let's uh, finish out here. Um, they... Dusted off the. uh, They left. They got kicked out of the city by these Jews that were angry at them and told to leave. uh, And they dusted off their feet. Okay, the Jews would not bring dust that was trodden on by the Gentiles into their home. They 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 were totally, you know, did not want anything to do. They thought that was. Uh, would defile their their home, their property. So they would dust the feet off um, if, if, any time that they would be in Gentiles. So when Paul and Barnabas dusted their feet off, the Jews understood the symbolization of what was going on here, saying, "We have we're we're treating you as what you guys think as the Gentiles or, or or wicked people." Okay, that was the symbol symbolization there and then the the disciples were continually filled with the joy and with the holy spirit okay the the feeling of the Holy Spirit means that they just walked in accordance to what the Holy Spirit, just like we saw earlier in Paul, they weren't walking after the flesh they were walking uh, and filled with the holy spirit okay Wow, very good okay we we covered some pretty uh important topics in a in a in a good time okay if you have more questions i will uh, stay around and or you can grab tyler or jeremy and ask them as well okay but um very good start into acts 14 okay importance that we understand that god is in charge of salvation and he uses us to uh to bring it about what a great privilege right what a great privilege son yes sir Sunday school starts when? Next Sunday. Next Sunday, okay? And what time does it start? No, 9:25. All right 9:25, 9:20 920 for those that are right with God, all right? Okay, but let's be here on time. We are going to have coffee, so Oh, Melissa's so excited.
1: So, uh, in nursery, we'll be back. This is our last service with kids and with the adults. (laughs) 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 Woo! And all people said. (laughs) 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 So, starting Sunday, nursery is back just the way it was on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, Kids' classes are back Sundays and Wednesdays, starting Sunday. So, uh, just so you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: very good tasty food and your Bible that would be a good thing as well
1: (laughs) okay
0: well we don't talk you you just gossip or what (laughs) okay well we should pray before I get myself in trouble Lord we thank you for this evening and we thank you for your word and how uh, your word is so clear uh, in areas that gives us understanding of Your sovereignty, of Your power, of Your grace, of Your foreknowledge, and Lord, that You are in control. And Lord, when we think we have to be in control, and that life's spinning out of control, we know that we can turn and cast our cares upon You, and know, Lord, that You are the One that.